get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Chris Kerber is standing by, the voice of the Blues. And the Blues, we know, are, are getting into it. Uh, they've got uh, Blues and blue, blues and Brews coming up on September 22nd. The Blues well represented this weekend over at the Ascension Charity Classic and last week during the Pro-Ams as well. And today, the Blues for Kids Golf Tournament. Kerbs, good morning. How are you doing? Randy, it's uh, getting fired up right now. I'm doing great. How are you? Everything's terrific here. I, I want to start with this, that uh, something that you and I share and everybody of our age and everybody in America that was alive in 2001 knows where they were on 9-11. And you and I and the Blues were in Alaska at training camp. The Blues were having training camp in Anchorage. And I'll never forget. I know you won't forget that day either, uh, how striking that was and what an unusual situation it was for you and I. Yeah, you know, we, we got up to Anchorage, uh, and we were supposed to play the San Jose Sharks on that first weekend of camp. So we got up there, What I, on, uh, I think it was Sunday. Everybody had Monday off. Uh, Jimmy Hewer and I went salmon fishing in the Upper Kenai River, and uh, I, I caught a salmon, but I caught it on its side. It was a weird way to catch <laughs> a fish. And then, uh, you know, th- Tuesday morning, you know, it's early in the morning. It's a couple, a few hours behind, and... My phone rang and it was Scotty Warman and Scotty Warman says, Hey, are you, are you seeing this? I go, what are you talking about? You just woke me up. And, uh, he goes, turn your TV on. And then that's when reality hit. And, um, we were probably about an hour or two behind the news in terms of uh, just waking up there. So yeah, it was a, it was a really an unusual time. Wasn't it Randy? Because we, you know, at that point, all the airports shut down. We didn't know, you know, when we were going to be able to get home, the sharks never were able to make it up there. So, Obviously, just a lot of TV watching in the lobby with everybody on that Tuesday. And then they said, well, let's go to the rink and at least, you know, start skating and, you know, and, and kind of go from there. But it was it was really a, a week of not knowing, frankly, if it was going to be a week, two or three before we'd be able to head home. And a couple of things strike me. Number one, us getting evacuated from our hotel, which was the highest yeah. building in Anchorage. And the FAA lost contact with a Korean Airlines jetliner that said that the, the, the uh, FAA said, uh, send us a ping if you're if you've been hijacked. And they sent a ping that said, yes, we have been hijacked. Ooh. So the FAA was worried that our hotel was going to be victimized by a hijacked flight. And we watched these F-15 fighter jets that are uh, shepherding this Korean airliners jet into Canada. And uh, then the the other part of it that was interesting, and I didn't find this out until the end, but as you said, Curbs, every single flight had been shut down. Well, one of the things they do in Alaska is they fly people out to these remote areas to go fishing. You have no access to communication. Mm -hmm. You don't have uh, satellite phones. So all these guys are out there and they think the plane's going to come and pick them up on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Flights don't return until Saturday. So these guys are out there fishing, thinking that the flights have forgotten about them, and they're stuck out there forever. And finally, the planes show up on Saturday, and what the pilots did, smart move, they got stacks of USA Todays, so they get out there on Saturday and say, sorry, I know we were supposed to pick you up on Tuesday, but this happened. Right. Uh, it was unbelievable. It was wild. Yeah, there was there was so much there, and, uh, you know, the camaraderie, remember the scouts, like, like you know, Elaine Vigno, you remember? I don't know if you remember Randy sitting next to him at dinner uh, that night. You and I, you know, were sitting next to him at dinner on uh, might have been Wednesday or Thursday night of that week. And um, you're 
you became uh, the the team became a no doubt tighter because they immediately became that immediate family because you didn't know when you were flying home. It was it was really quite a uh, uh, crazy play. And just you know, just the other day, I was looking through a box, uh, looking for uh, an old thing that I was looking for for a friend, and I came across the Alaska newspapers um, that I brought home mm-hmm. from that incident, and it was. Uh, yeah, well, that was that was uh, that was an absolutely crazy training camp, and uh, to see that happen. So I think it's always important. And you, you know, you started this off by saying those that were alive, and I think it's important for those that weren't to to know what that was all about and what happened, because uh, learning from history still is the most important thing. Curbs, this year for the Blues and Cardinals has kind of been uncanny how there's some similarities. I know even more so for the Cardinals because they haven't had this much in their history of a season like this. But it's interesting because Derek Gould at the Post-Dispatch just put out an article the other day that's talking about the Cardinals dealing with the draft lottery and the situation they're in. It's very similar to kind of what the Blues had to go through, right? You know what? I I was reading that article first. I think... I think we got to give some shout outs here to like to the beat writers, whether it be uh, whether it be Denton or Gould or, or Rutherford, the Franks, Thomas, Timmerman, because let, let's face it, they keep us connected with the teams, you know, when we're not in the locker rooms and all that. And they do such an amazing job doing it. So so thanks to those guys. But that article from Derek Gould, I thought was so great. Because when you're talking about the Red Sox and the Cardinals being the only two teams since 1965 when the draft started to not have drafted first or second. And the Blues, until 2006, had never drafted first. But what I, what I thought was fascinating about it is through the most recent CBA in Major League Baseball, one big market team. So the Washington Nationals cannot win the lottery this year because they picked second last year. And that's because of their market size. A team like Pittsburgh can because they're more of a small market team and part of revenue sharing. Now they can't do it three years in a row. Hockey doesn't have that, and hockey needs that. Like, the Blackhawks should not have had a chance at Connor Bedard this year. Now, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of making that because of market size. That's, that's kind of insulting to the fans. Fans are fans. You know, and, and the fans shouldn't, and, and it, so not about the market size, but you should not be able to win a lottery pick two years or three years running. And we saw the Edmonton Oilers do it. We saw the, the New Jersey Devils do it. We've seen the Buffalo Sabres do it. And I just, I think if, you, like, if you're bad enough that you're earning a first or second pick, I don't know that you should be earning number one and number two picks in consecutive years. And I kind of love the fact that baseball put it in there. But, yeah, very simply, the other part that it just makes you realize when the Blues picked 10th this year and they took Dvorsky, who, for those that may not know or didn't see the part, but he has been, you know, optioned to his Swedish team, so he will not be here in camp. And, and that was okay. That was planned. Um, when they picked 10th, that's the first time they picked in the top 10 since 2008, right? And remember, they've only had five top 10 picks total since 1988. Well, you look at the history and, and the Cardinals, you know, with, with, with having picked in higher than 13th in the 2000s, according to Derek's article, man, have we seen a lot of good winning competitive sports in St. Louis because to, to go that long without high picks, you've got to be good enough. And, and, and I think that's a reality St. Louis sports fans need to understand. Curbs, I want to switch gears uh, and just go to last night and the – your New York Giants and what happened in that game. What 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 did you see? I don't know. Okay, first off, I flipped the game on, saw the score. And I'm like, I better be prepared because Kerry's going to bring this up. Uh, you know what? Like, 
I, I realize that some things go wrong in sports, but that just when you when you have your season opener that starts like that, don't you feel like you totally wasted your training camp? Yeah, a little bit. It wasn't. I mean, like, offensively, it was bad. It was offensively, it was bad. The protection that I saw in the two quarters I watched was <laughs> awful, and and I'm like, okay, well, I've just come to accept this from the Giants recently. So, all right, next, next, next up. But <laughs> I hated the fact that it was against the Cowboys of all teams, you yeah. know. But that's a dude. That's a brutal home loss. You can't do that in front of your home crowd on your season opener, can you? No, that that's not the way. And a division rival, as you said, the Cowboys, the seven sacks, they were just getting after Daniel Jones. And it made people, it probably brought into a lot of questions about the amount of money that Daniel Jones is going to be paid this year. And if hey, he's I, unable blame to perform. Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> blame Barkley. Blame, listen, blame Barkley. You're either coming together as a team and stuff, and when you're talking about holding out on all that other stuff and they got a plan, I'm going to blame the running back till he gets it going. Well, you know what? You might, you might want to develop a little bit of an offensive line. Uh, 26 pressures of Daniel Jones, seven sacks. Uh, it's it's hard to win. It's impossible to win in football if you don't have an offensive line. And that offensive line last night was atrocious. Listen, I know fitness is so key, and every, these athletes are so fine-tuned in so many ways, but sometimes you just need, like, that old Washington Redskins line, you know, the hogs mm-hmm. are like, like, feed them a whole bunch of steak and French fries and stuff, and Stretch those pants, make those make those thigh pads look like they're shin guards, and and just just beef up the front line. Absolutely. Finally, Curbs, you playing in the Blues for Kids golf tournament today? No. Listen to this. I got a I, I got two herniated discs that came up about a month ago, so I'm disappointed. Are those in your back? This is one of the. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I got a week back. There you go. <laughs> he already beat you to the punchline. <laughs> Thank you, Curbs. <laughs> uh, but, well, okay, listen, humor me for a second here. Um, I, I got to give a big shout-out to uh, Adam Osterman in advanced training and rehab. Uh, he, he, what he's done to help me so far, I've tried to avoid surgery. And I know people have a choice in where you can go for but the, the, this this organization has been so great over the years, uh, but it's advanced training and rehab, and Adam Osterman runs the Fenton and the Arnold locations, and he's just been, just done Yeoman's work today. He goes, we're going to do everything we can to make sure we avoid surgery. But anyway, back to back to this, uh, the Blues Charity Golf Tournament today, it's out at Bell Reeve. Uh, it's it's the b- biggest fundraiser of the year, one of the two biggest fundraisers of the year for Blues for Kids. Randy, it started as the 14th fund, if you remember, is just a... Uh, a way to raise some money for Diane Wickenheiser and her three daughters after Doug Wickenheiser passed away at the age of 37 of cancer. And then they, they, the Blues alumni kept raising money, so they, they started donating it, and it, and it started from there. Well, in 2015, the 14 Fund kind of morphed into Blues for Kids, which tells a little bit better of the story of what it's about. They donate every year now over a million dollars annually to local charities, and it's been over $13 million since its inception. And uh, it really every single blues player comes out and, and plays. I will be there. I'm going to ride around with Jim McEvoy and uh, the Eastside River Transportation. These guys bring four foursomes every year. He, uh, it's a barge company and just a just a nice, generous man. And so I'll be I'll be riding with Jim in a cart for a while, trying to make people laugh and screw up their swings. And but I yesterday we had the brunch and Craig Baruby was there and we were talking to him and and, and I listen. You know how you, you'll see some charity events, Randy, and you see players there, but sometimes you don't see coaches, right? Right. Uh, okay. Since Craig Baruby has taken over as head coach, 
the entire coaching staff has been at every single one of these events that the players have been at. And I asked Craig about that yesterday. And I, and I bring it up because it is, and Randy and, and Carrie, you've probably seen this too, it, it is not common that the whole coaching staff shows up to, to everything. And Craig says, we just have a belief as a coaching staff that if our players are there, we should be there too. And I thought that that was such a great line. So, you know, you had Steve Ott and Craig Berube out at the golf uh, tournament over the weekend. Uh, these guys are always at casino night. Uh, and and it's, I, I just I just think the way that Craig Berube runs this staff and handles things is amazing. And uh, I think they deserve some props for that. Absolutely. Have fun out there today, Curbs. As always, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. Have a great week. All right. Thank you. I'm hoping by the end of the day I can tie my shoes. <laughs> yeah, us too. Uh, again, how, how long has that back been bothering you? <laughs> Uh, oh, about a week back. <laughs> there you go. Well done. You, you're, oh, you're, you're a great fit for this show. Yeah. See you, Curbs. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. <laughs> that is the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber on 101 ESPN.